Welcome to Nuclear Popcorn. The rules of the game are simple. The host will show the players the last five minutes of a movie they haven't seen. The players will have a week to formulate a pitch of what they think the plot is. The closest gets meaningless points, maybe a crisp high five, probably a smooch on the forehead because they're a good boy or girl. The host will then reveal what the actual plot was. And that's it. You'll get it. You're smart. And your host for the week is... Hello, hello. This is Ben. Hey, Ben. Hi, Ben. Hey, guys. Howdy. <laughs> it's, been like, it's been like a week. Oh, my God. It has, it's been so a long whole week. Since our last episode. Yeah, we have, none of us have seen each other in that week at all. Not at all. <laughs> not, it's not like we were together all throughout that week. Uh, but yeah, I, for those of you tuning in, my name is Ben, and I'm here with... Shoot, what's the... Uh, why'd you point to me? Hi, I'm Luke. <laughs> oh, and, and I'm August. And I'm Hannah. We try to we try to keep the order like in that circle. Yeah, consistent so we know. But, but we, now we're sitting in different. We places. never sit in the circle though. Interesting. But we are nuclear popcorn. Nuclear Woo-hoo! popcorn. Yeah. Um, so let's take a moment and catch up with everybody. What has everybody there? What has everybody been up to this week? And what have we been well, watching? I know two people that released short films this week. Yeah. And it's not August, you guys. <laughs> the process of elimination. It's Ben and Hannah. It is the voiceover of our intro, Aaron Brewer. <laughs> oh, yeah. So technically we have three people who released three short films. on this podcast. Yep. yep. Um, we'll get Aaron on here eventually. We love that guy. Oh, he'll Absolutely. probably be our first guest when we finally start doing guests. Yeah. yeah. He'll be great. Because he's great. Um, but yeah, Hannah and I released our short films that we've been working on for a very long time. Putting we lots did. Of we blood, did. sweat, and tears into mm-hmm. them. Um, is there any way people can watch these in the near future? And keep in mind, this is going to come out in five weeks. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to come out in 2025. So as far as I know, we can't post it publicly because if we're okay. going to send it right. to the festivals, then they have to have it be like an exclusive thing. Mm-hmm. So it's not public as of right now, I don't think, for either one of us. Right. Um, yeah, but they're complete. They're complete. Yeah, <laughs> they are so I guess, Yeah, sometime in the near future. Yeah. Whenever, just be on the lookout for The Bet. They're on Letterboxd. They're on Letterboxd. The Bet and The Tale of Figaro. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. And you guys had your premiere on Friday. We did. Yep. We did. It was a great time. It was a lot it was of fun. It was a really good premiere. It's really. Mm-hmm. Uh, ben, yours is completely in Russian, and I was sitting just behind the monitor where the monitor oh, yeah. blocked all of the subtitles. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> So if I hadn't worked on it... No, I'm glad that you worked on it. So so I knew what was going going on. on. Yeah. Mine was about a gnome. (laughs) A very tall gnome. A very tall gnome. (laughs) Yes, gnomes being short, that's a a bad stereotype. Yeah, we don't condone such... We we don't condone short gnomes. No. Yeah. No, but it was... Gnomes coming all shapes and sizes. It was great, and... Yeah, we had a little get-together just to celebrate. And it's around Christmas time when we're recording this, so just the spirit <laughs> yeah. of the holidays and stuff is 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 upon us. Mm-hmm. When they're listening to this on Valentine's Day, they're like, Christmas? Yeah, Christmas. What's <laughs> a little behind there. No, yeah, let's give the date and time we're recording this podcast. <laughs> we don't want to date it, but like, it is like <laughs> December 12th. Um, Actually, don't know what day it is. Yeah, it's just oh, no, yeah. it's December thirteenth. Oh, one goodness. day closer to Christmas. Okay. What else have we been watching? We watched Kangaroo Jack. Oh, we watched Kangaroo don't Jack. watch Kangaroo Jack. I did not Kangaroo watch Jack Kangaroo is Jack. That's very good for you, Hannah. <laughs> I watched Stalker for the first time. Yeah, right before. Oh my god! Right before the premiere, which was Gorgeous Stalker movie. and Tarkovsky's movies are a big influence. I watched Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. How oh, was that? It was brilliant. 
It, it looks so good. So, Gotta so watch good. that. It looks it like amazing. well, because it was co-written so by Patrick McHale, right? Oh, sick! Oh, the I creator think so. of Over the Garden Wall. It mm. is honestly one of the best animated movies I've ever seen in my life. Dang! It is exquisite. It is incredible. I'm seeing I'm those memes on Twitter that say like the best movie of the year, Pinocchio. The worst movie of the year, Pinocchio. Pinocchio. The Disney oh, the Plus other, one. Yeah, yeah. The other Pinocchio. <laughs> Oh man! Um, and then we all rewatched Clue the other night. The you Tim did? Curry, yeah, like, oh, on accident. I'm yeah. jealous. It's so good. So, so good. good. Flames, flames. So on the, on the side, side of my face. One so plus two plus one much. plus one. <laughs> <laughs> the movie's great. That was 1985, same year that Brazil was released. Yeah, which we also rewatched. Oh, <laughs> a wild movie! It was, it was Luke's first time watching. It. First yeah, time. I I was thinking about it all day today and. I don't know what's going on in Terry Gilliam's brain, but like, I want to tap into that. Uh, it's, yeah, it's one of my favorite movies, and I had to. It's he's really weird because I had to. I did a a project on him last semester for school about him like writing scripts, and I read Brazil and I read Time Bandits, and they were written drastically different from right, each other. See, I've mm. seen Time Bandits, but that's because he doesn't write his scripts. Like for Time Bandits, he came up with a rough outline, gave it to Michael Palin, and he wrote the whole script. Oh my god! For Brazil, he worked with a co-writer to do the whole thing, so, and it's very dream-based, very mm-hmm. like it's very like David Lynchy in a weird way, but not as weird as David Lynch. Mm-hmm. Weird, yeah. Oddly enough, not as weird as David Lynch, but still mm-hmm. in that same. Oh, so lots good. of wide angles. Lots Shot of very, wide. A lot of handheld. A lot of handheld. Very beautiful. Hannah, you need to see it. The production design. I do is need nuts. to see it. And so it's like three songs design. in the whole yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah three these songs. Same and, melodies. And two of the songs the, are the same song. Oh yeah, we will get no, we're very fine. sued for that. <laughs> Even for an acapella, whatever. Whatever. <laughs> it's an original cover. Um. Yeah. So I guess that's what we've been a busy week. In other news, I graduate college in three days. Which is nuts. That is nuts. Oh, my gosh. Congratulations, Hannah. I have a film degree. (laughs) Tell me my parents are so proud. (laughs) I have a film degree. degree. (laughs) Why does that give me Mr. Electric Center to the principal's office and have them expel vibes? (laughs) Except more, like, enthusiastic and joyful. (laughs) You ruined my film degree. (laughs) I did not. I did not. (laughs) Gosh. Oh, we're going to watch that soon. We're going to watch Adventures of Shark Boy and Lava Girl. Soon. Yeah, not for the podcast, though, because we've all seen no, it. Yeah. But we have lives outside the podcast. Don't judge us. No, we don't. <laughs> you guys have lives outside of this? Oh, Consistent uh, watching uh, Robert Rodriguez movies. <laughs> <laughs> Very exciting life watching Robert Rodriguez movies. But yeah, busy week. Busy week. Um, ben, do you want to yeah, give us a little insight into we the movie? We can get started with the, the movie that we... Um, we're reflecting on for this past week. Uh, so the movie I chose last week for us to be looking at is called The Encounter. Which is um, drastically different from your cho- your previous choice. For my R100 previous choice. R100. R100. Really testing um, the spectrum here. Huh? Yeah, trying to establish a range um, of of infinite potential. Because <laughs> The Encounter is very clearly a crappy Christian it movie. Is, yes, the link to the movie that we have, the description, or maybe it's the title of the video, um, is The Encounter, 2010, a Christian movie. This came out in 2010? Uh, well, the thing is, I think the YouTube video and Letterbox says 2010, but on Wikipedia it says 2011. So I don't know who to trust. It was All around right. then. All right, fair enough. Comment, it, it still doesn't look good either way. Still in the common era. 
Um, the common era. After the birth and death of Christ. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, well... Um, so we just watched the last five we minutes again. just the last five mm-hmm. minutes. Yep. And Not so, a whole lot to unpack, but still... My when Lord. you when you know nothing about it, watching it, and you're trying to figure out what kind of movie it is that ha- that Ben has picked for us, you're like, "What is going on mm-hmm. here?" And like the previous experience you've had with my picks was R100, so which was just right. a bunch of dominatrixes and a a guy, a pregnant man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and now we're on very clearly a Christian. And now we're on. I mean, maybe, <laughs> maybe <laughs> no, I don't we know. haven't we'll, watched it. We'll see. But yeah, if you guys like to kind of. Uh, describe the last five minutes as we've rewatched as to the best of your ability, and I'll be like pitching in with with little details. If what's the timestamp? Oh, the timestamp was one twenty three, or so an hour twenty three minutes and eighteen seconds yeah. is when and we started. It's on YouTube, and we will have the link for it yes. in our description. There are several different. It's the same movie, but there are several copies of this movie on YouTube. So we'll link the version that we watched. Right. So you it's, have the correct timestamp. Is it age restricted for some reason? I I think so. I think so. So okay. just sign into YouTube and Yeah, it's not the, Yeah, it's not that hard. You'll figure it out. Yeah. Hopefully um, no kids are listening to this. <laughs> it's a Christian you, movie. Yeah, but even if you are, this is whatever. Uh, yeah. whatever. <laughs> you know what? It's their fault. We have a warning. Gaslight the kids. <laughs> Gaslight the kids. <laughs> That's that's our next trick. Gaslight the kids. Gaslight the kids. kids. Disclaimer: We don't actually want to gaslight children. <laughs> yeah, it says you. Maybe you don't. Maybe we'll get um, Aaron to do another of warning <laughs> right there. Every every episode ends with him going, "Don't gaslight don't children." Don't gaslight children. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, so where we started, we open on a cop. A cop talking to a couple and two other people. I, I assume they're a mother and a daughter, but I don't know. Mm. And I think the other two are detectives. They look like detectives because he's, he's, he's wearing coat. like a trench coat. Yeah, he's wearing yeah. a trench coat and a tie, yeah. and she's wearing like a, I want to say Burberry coat. They look like detectives. That's not I, the direction I took it in my pitch. Me whatever. neither, but I wrote down detectives in my pitch. Okay. <laughs> in my notes, but so, I didn't take so it that So a fair way. assumption. Yeah, a it's a fair assumption. assumption. That's yeah. what I wrote down. Um, okay, so there's something about... A diner, and the diner no longer being there, and then there's the officer says, oh, well, I've worked here for 10 years, and that diner's never existed, and then they're like, well, we were told by Officer DeVille, and then they spell it out, and it's like D-E-V-I-L, and then she pauses. And she realizes, (laughs) oh, we spoke to the devil or something. She just stops. But so it's, it's it's the couple, and then what I assume is the mother and daughter standing in front of a car talking to the cop. And we, mm-hmm. we yeah. learn about a diner that was there and disappeared, apparently. Right. Officer DeVille, which is just the devil. <laughs> Real great writing, guys. Great yeah, writing. really, seriously. Great. Um, and and then, the mom's like, I'm not going crazy, right? And they're like, no, we all saw it. Yeah. And then the officer kind of just Leaves. goes on his merry way and th- there's nothing else really Yeah, he does just on. like a turnaround and walk away. Yeah. And then the female <laughs> detective is like... I'm sorry. I was to the just, daughter. Like, she to says, the young she girl. says, please forgive mm, yeah. me. Please, yes. Like, please forgive me. I didn't me. know. I was just confused. Yeah, that's what yeah. it was. And then she's like, the the daughter's like, oh, well, we all get that way sometimes. And then the female detective is, tells the male detective, trench guy, coat guy, man, <laughs> dude, With let's a go back. Yeah, we should go back. We need and to go, go back. back. They go back to an empty plot. They just it drive like a, up to an empty plot of land. It looks like a quarry, but like. Yeah. 
Yeah, it, it looks, looks like, like it yeah. looks like a quarry, but like not in the pit of the quarry. Like, like it was like right here, top. you know. Yeah, it was right here. Where, and she, where could it have gone? She's, she's like, like, oh, we need to go back further. We parking, need to... whatever, and there's where was where the foundation was. Right. right. So right. it's like, oh, it's definitely the diners definitely disappeared. Mm-hmm. And it seems like um, the the male detective of of the couple like fully believed. In the, I guess it was a waiter that was at the diner or something. Who um, is God? I, who is God? I, wait, so the female detective was like, "How did you know? In your heart, how did you know? In your heart, how did you know it was him?" And then the it cuts to there's this, a bunch of flashbacks. Yeah, and the, the scene there's a bunch of a bunch of flashbacks of some some guy in the diner saying like Bible verses. Yeah, and like giving, reciting scripture, saying like repent and. Uh, it really, what it means to really truly repent, and and he was uh, the male detective was like, I didn't fully believe it till he saved my marriage, and it yeah. cuts to a flashback, and <laughs> and God goes, I can help you save your marriage. All you have to do is ask me, and the guy puts his head down. And he goes, Please save my marriage. <laughs> so yep. stupid. Yep, that's he, what happened. He, he goes. He, he goes. How can you save my marriage? And he goes, All you need to do is ask. And yeah. so the detective goes, Save my marriage. <laughs> <laughs> and then the female detective is like, I didn't know for sure until, like, in my heart, I didn't know until he said he loved me. And then it has to go back to the flashback where he, like, really horribly, like, in a, the most corny way possible, says, I love you. I love you. <laughs> There's that also, was a like, spot a, on interpretation. <laughs> There's a three second pause in between that. So it's just. I love you. Yeah, and it, it was yeah. so bad. And it's, it took I can him only, a second to compose himself before <laughs> letting out this powerful line. I can only assume that all of these flashbacks we have seen in the movie. So why are we flashing back to them? Perhaps. But like, it's just <laughs> there were there are a lot of flashbacks. Right. So, <laughs> like, what I deduced from that is that like the detectives are married. So like. See, I like, didn't know that for sure. Yeah, I didn't know it for sure yeah. either. But like, that's that's what I'm assuming. Yeah, that's what I, I interpreted. Know. And then and, kind of ends. Yeah. Well, it, it, sort of. Like, okay, because there's a whole thing about the male the the male detective dude in trench coat says like he's right there. Talk to him, but there's no one there. Oh, yeah. And then yeah. there's a flashback of God being like, "Won't you join us forever?" And then there's a really awkward slow motion hug. And then there's like a whole scene. <laughs> yeah. At the whole scene at yeah, with at a like restaurant. Pop music playing, pants down where to a restaurant. God is a server at some yeah. fancy restaurant and some dude in sunglasses is like with Guy like Fieri jerk. hair yeah. and a Guy Fieri shirt and shitty <laughs> sunglasses on sitting in a in a restaurant. You yeah. can only assume that this guy's the devil. <laughs> right. Or okay. so, or someone who needs God. Right. Either right. Way. And, That's it. Well, and then I think. and the waiter as God walks up to me and goes, "What'll it be? Oh, yeah. Menu or special, or special order?" And order. That's, that, that, that's, that's the that's the line that three frames on him fades to black. Michael Bay outro song plays. <laughs> I was gonna say there's a really slapping song at the end yeah. that doesn't seem very fitting. Like it kind of sounds like it came out of Twilight. A little oh bit. Gosh. It was like 2010 slash 11, so it yeah. like kind of fit Checks out the time it came out really well. Uh, but yeah, that. That's a very apt description and rundown of the last five minutes of the movie. But yeah, you can check out the the link in the description and watch it for yourself if you're so inclined. Or you could just 
go off of our... Or you can just go strictly yeah. off of this description. I, I recommend you go watch it. Which is pretty good. Which re- is a pretty good description. <laughs> I recommend you go watch it because it's really hard to grasp a lot of how corny this right. these last five yeah, minutes Yeah, yeah, yeah. You kind of just have to watch it to experience it. So our first pitch of the night will be given by... Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, no. Uh, I just want to preface this by saying this is a very half-baked kind of... Excellent. Beautiful. Yeah, I just thought about it at work today. Um, Yeah. Yeah, that's great. So shared trauma um, (laughs) brings a lot of people to a lot of weird places. Um, Mike and... Catherine, we learned her actual name was. Yes, in the last five minutes, God does say Catherine's name. (laughs) I kind of got it right. In my original pitch, I wrote Cynthia, which I feel like is kind of close. 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 Um, So uh, Mike and Cynthia are two physicists living in suburban Ohio. Um, And they actually met while working at a nuclear power plant. So they got this job kind of right out of college. Mike is more of like the uh, play by the books kind of well mannered uh, Christian guy, and Catherine is kind of like the goofball, like the office goofball who doesn't really have a plan uh, in life. So their relationship was very a la kind of Jim and Pam from the office. It's like will they, won't they? Until eventually, Mike asks Catherine out. Um, so it's so it's like the office, but at a nuclear power plant. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> nice. I want, I want the first half plant. of this yeah. movie to just be like. <laughs> rom-com you know like yeah yeah. (laughs) um they both come from small towns uh and just kind of acquired this job uh they also have two close friends uh sarah and janet who work next door to them um and funny funny enough they also happen to attend the same church as mike and Catherine. so they've learned to grow together and uh, learn what it means to be in a relationship together because this is like the first real relationship they've been in out of college and um, they took it kind of fast and they got married like immediately. Um, So with that comes a lot of struggles with what, you know, a couple wants and what they want to do together. So while Mike uh, works as a physicist by day, uh, he like, he wants to stay home. Mike wants to stay home. He's perfectly happy where he is. Catherine, on the other hand, wants to become an actor and move to California. So thus creates a lot of tension just in their marriage. So they're kind of on the rocks. And while in the midst of their kind of spats are happening, one day at the nuclear power plant, a technician slips and completely causes a massive eruption to happen. Whoa. So kind of Chernobyl-level desolate wasteland creating the uh, hellscape that is Ohio today. Um, (laughs) It's the origin story of Ohio. (laughs) Villain origin story of Ohio. Ohio, the real Um, villain. And so uh, Mike and Catherine uh, are rushed to the hospital along with Sarah and Janet. They're rushed to the hospital, but due to how close they were to the blast, um, they are induced to a lot of head trauma and thus endure psychosis and a lot of hallucinations. And But because they were married, they were allowed to be in the same therapy together and thus induce a shared traumatic experience and a lot of shared hallucinations. So... <sighs> Um, okay, so the first half of this movie is rom-com, nuclear explosion. Now it's really, like, depressing. Oh, yeah, okay. absolutely. So the second half of this movie, we are in one of their hallucinations. Yeah. Okay. So. Wild. Okay. They kind of live out their life in this hallucination. They just want to get back to when they were happy. They realize that they're in a tough spot in their marriage right now, and so they go back to when they were happy. And the way they do that is they go back to their first date 
which was at a diner. They went to this diner right by where they worked. And there, there was a waiter that kept talking to them for some reason. They felt like he was oh, maybe a homeless guy. They just kept spitting off gibberish. But he said he had a vision that they should be together and kept reciting scripture. And they just felt a connection with this guy. So they go back there and just attempt to start talking to this guy. But the diner's nowhere to be seen. Um, and they're utterly confused. Little do they know they're actually hallucinating the whole time. Um so then a cop approaches them, actually like an orderly of the psych ward, but they see it as a cop, <laughs> um, approaches them. And that's where we kind of pick up in the last five minutes is um, the cop saying like, oh, there's no diner there because they keep spitting off gibberish in their own head. They're like, where's the diner? And he's like, there's no diner. <laughs> um, and the two people that are next to them are their, are their friends. Um what did I say their names were? Uh, Sarah and Janet. Janet and yeah. because they attend the same church, they're like, we're in good hands. And so for the rest of that five minutes is them just in that shared psychosis of them trying to find some connection to reality of this guy saying, I can fix your marriage. I can, you know, stay with me forever in their psychosis. Um, Bro. Whoa. Interesting. So, so, yeah. Who's like Officer DeVille? Like the dead. Um, he's, he's the orderly, he, isn't he? No, 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 no the orderly is the good. The, the orderly is the is the cop. He's oh, the who is nurse Dizel? ratchet of the yeah. The okay. <laughs> he's the one that's been like physically abusing them the whole. Yeah, he keeps, no. like, he's the one that wants the medication keep there. He's no. keeping them highly. They've medicated. been making you know treatments and stuff, but he's Whoa. like, no, no, no. We need these patients in order to you know to like cover up the explosion. Exactly. Yeah. So like the whole B story is them trying to cover up this big nuclear explosion that happened. Yeah, we'll go with that. I think that's a lot better than what I could have. I think with. the old like, yeah, I've never so, seen something set in a like a nuclear power plant except for like The Simpsons. Wait, but to turn this from a love story into like a psychological drama is. Nuts. I I have a suggestion. Please. Okay, so Officer Deville is um, the like psychiatrist or whatever that's like that trying to keep them there. Wants to keep them there. And yeah. is trying to cover up the nuclear explosion. Yeah. But somehow that waiter. Mm-hmm. who, like, is God or whatever, found out. So then the end scene when Officer DeVille is at the restaurant with the waiter, it's sort of implied he's there to kill mm. the waiter and completely cover up the whole nuclear explosion. That's incident. amazing. Could be. Wow. Could That's be. my suggestion. Can you tell I did not like the Dark Knight Rises. Rises. <laughs> It's very connected to the Dark Knight Rises because of the nuclear blast and <laughs> the visit at the end of the... <laughs> I won't spoil anything, but... <laughs> if you haven't seen Dark Knight Rises, what are you yeah, doing? Yeah, it's ten years past. Whatever. I think you're fine. I think Bro, you're fine. I have not seen the Dark Knight Rises. Really? Oh, it's, no. It's an epic. It's, it's a I, long I mean, endeavor Dark to Knight is I've better. I've seen the Dark Knight. Yeah. It's, okay. that's it's not movie. the Dark Knight Rises. Not that that's we right. chastise people for not having seen a movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Only thing I remember from Dark Knight Rises is Tom Hardy's Bane and the yeah. fact that Batman doesn't have kneecaps. Yeah. yeah. What? That's yep. all you need to know. He goes to a doctor, a... and the doctor's like, I've seen kneecaps. worse kneecaps. And he goes, oh, that's good. And he goes, no, no, I've seen worse because you don't have kneecaps anymore. And he goes, oh. <laughs> oh. oh. I can't tell if you're kidding I'm not. not. No, he, wears, like, he wears knee braces the, the rest of the movie. For some, okay. This is pretty tangential. But when you said that, I was thinking of Will Stronghold in Sky High <laughs> and how he went to the nurse's office to get his knee checked. <laughs> And she's given him the exposition about uh, about his parents and lollipops and the the bus driver. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh-huh. that's another great movie. That's what a great movie. movie. Okay, but your pitch, I like your pitch. No, Thank yeah, you. lots yeah. of snaps that's, all around. For Thank you. Movie. That's that's that that's pretty really much all done. I got. Uh, I told you it was kind of half baked. No, but no, no that's good. That it kind really of reminds good. me of I think the, the end of 
well, okay, I, I don't want to spoil it, so spoilers. I'm almost, I was, if I'm you've, also wondering if you've if not I'm... seen The Notebook, but oh, it kind of reminds me of The Notebook. <laughs> I haven't seen, seen The Notebook. The notebook? You but need also, to see no, the I, notebook. I, I think I kind of, yeah, I get what you, you understand mean. why? Yeah, definitely. Like, I'm not really spoiling much, but like, at okay. the same time. No, right. It reminds me it, a it, lot of this one movie that if I say the name of it, I will spoil the whole movie, but we watched it together recently, and I think you know what I'm talking about. Gee. Thanks. Maybe. Maybe. We'll oh, talk after. We'll uh, talk after. I th- okay. Yeah, you know. No, yeah, okay. Yeah. I was thinking another movie. Like, these aren't, like, it doesn't feel like a rip from these movies. This does feel wholly original. But, like, it's weird that so many have these similar themes. I was thinking of Wrist Cutters, if you guys have seen that. I've never I seen have. that. It's with Patrick Fugit, uh, Shannon Sossman, who played the girl in Over the Garden Wall. Comes full circle to Over the Garden Wall. Okay, wait. Um, Which girl in Over the Garden Wall? The, the bird? The Sarah? one that's like demon, also. Tim Curry. <laughs> the, uh, oh, the one with the bell. Yeah, with the bell. Okay, oh, the bell yeah, command. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, okay, her. Cool. It's also got Will Arnett, Tom Waits. Oh. And it's like it's a very drab and sorrowful movie, and then it ends very hopeful, which is nice. Oh. Okay. So I think we should watch that. I don't think we that's should. a podcast movie, but that's like a a good one to watch. Well, cool. Um, that's well, my pitch. I liked it. Thank I liked you guys. it. That was really Yay! good. So now we're going to play a quick game I that I have okay. not titled. <laughs> the untitled the, quick it's game. It's called Guessing Game. Um, and so how this is going to work, I'm going to list several different movies. Um, and it's kind of like a, a Jeopardy-style thing where first to raise their hand gets to guess. Um, the director. You have to guess the director of the movie that I call oh, no. out. Um, I'm going to suck at this, too. <laughs> this will be interesting, because I tried to choose like a good mix of well-known like movie director pairings and not, and then we'll just see yeah. how it goes. Not like this is how my mind works like every day. <laughs> not like <laughs> underground French films, like... Uh, well... Okay, so <laughs> that's fair. We're going, um, but yeah, so you get one guess for movie, like you can't buzz in a second time. If all three okay. of you have misguessed it then it's we just move on okay or i'll reveal it and then we move on um one guess per movie no hesitation first hand up gets to guess you must say at least the last name of the director for it to count mm. um so every correct answer counts as one point and i'll be keeping tally of this um and every incorrect answer or no answer is minus two points so you have oh. to be sparing about how you guess meaningless okay. points but also it's meaningless more meaningless so feel points free to just no take it away i don't want to lose my meaningless points <laughs> <laughs> so the first set of movies that i have each each round will have a different set of movies and we'll just keep the total cool. uh, through the whole episode and so if you guys are ready to begin i'm yeah. ready, ready do it again remember it's first hand of gets to guess okay all right so just be ready seven samurai August. Akira Kurosawa. That's one point for August. My hand was up like a half a second later than yours. Next one. Ladybird. Luke. Greta Gerwig. God. One point for Luke. Full Metal Jacket. August. Stanley Kubrick. Stanley Kubrick. Woo! <laughs> Gotta be quicker, Hannah. Gotta be quicker than that. Creed. Oh. Also, Luke. Oh, Ryan Coogler? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Wow. For Luke. No, that makes sense. Lost in Translation. Sophia Coppola. Yep. I don't know how I remember Sophia that one. Coppola. That was that was so weird. Now be careful with this one. Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Oh no. <laughs> oh god. Because we were just talking about the new one that's coming out. Yep. And it's not directed it's by not Spielberg. Spielberg. 
can't see me, but I'm shaking my head. I don't know the answer to that. Nobody wants to take a stab. No, because we lose two points. question and actually be Spielberg? Nobody wants to take a stab at it. No. I'm not risking it. Risking the two points? It was Steven Spielberg. Oh, man! Dang it! I'm at negative two. (laughs) (laughs) This one is an interesting one because um, same name of a movie, two different movies, two different directors, but it's the same name of a movie. So if first person who guesses it can have a stab at the second one for a bonus point. Okay. Interesting. Um, but if they don't know the other one, then we'll just open the floor to the other two. Cool. Dawn of the Dead. August. One Zack Snyder. You got one point. And the other... I, do I lose points if I guess for the second one? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> then I'm sticking with Zack Snyder. Okay, um, gotcha. Oh, it's on the tip of my tongue. Oh, God. A little supplementary hint. This is a like the zombie movie maker. Romeo? What'd you say? Romeo? Romero? Romero. Yeah! Wow. Dang it. I was gonna say, I I was thinking Rob Zombie. (laughs) 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 But I, I knew that was wrong, but I was like, it's I couldn't remember if it was the guy who directed Night of the Living Dead or not. Mm, yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. So I couldn't mm-hmm. remember if he directed because he did like Day of the Dead as well. He did a whole bunch of them. Right. right. And like mm-hmm. found in that genre. So uh, points after round one. Luke has three points. August has four points. We don't need to Hannah, talk about it. And Hannah's working on it. We don't need to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> Hannah's working on it. I guess with that we'll move on to our second pitch of the episode. Over to. Hello. August. <laughs> it's me. August texted us the other day and said, I'm sorry. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I work on these at work and I was writing it and I was halfway through it. And because like the diner is a big part of the movie. And in my little notebook, it took me six full pages to get to the diner. Mm. <laughs> oh, my God. Let's go. So and let's it's, go. Yeah, here we go. Here we go. Like with the length in my book, it is twice as long as like the R100 pitch I had. Oh. And also, I'm so <laughs> sorry for the content of it. Oh, it's no. nothing like it is nothing like well, bad, but okay. like it's just <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna be saying <laughs> there, there's a couple sentences I when I wrote them I look I wrote them looked at them and went oh my gosh what's wrong with me <laughs> but it's okay it's okay all right I'm gonna start from the beginning cool. all right yeah, here we go so for me the two de- the two detectives are Carl and Catherine gotcha. okay so. Carl, Carl and Catherine get married. Carl wants to live in the city, but Catherine wants to live out in the country, so they compromise for the suburbs. Both of them, separately, feel bad for this compromise, taking the other way from what they want. So neither, ever, so neither ever complain, but they separately both hate the suburbs. This creates a wedge between them. They both don't complain about the, suburb, about the suburbs, which leads them to not complaining about work or family, which leads them to stop talking altogether. Why should I burden them with my issues when I ruined the life they wanted? Neither of them knowing that it neither of them knowing that if they just talked, they could relate on the issue, grow close, and fix it together. But they don't talk. They're afraid. This distance from the person that's supposed to be their partner leaves both of them feeling lonely and isolated. Catherine starts working long and longer and longer at the office, afraid of the awkward small talk with her husband and the constant guilt that house makes her feel. This creates paranoia and doubt in Carl and gives Catherine the space from Carl she needs to start blindly blaming him for everything. To cope with his own isolation, Carl starts going to random conventions around the area, but one, re- one convention really resonates with him. 
Furcon. August. Oh, no. <laughs> Here we My go. God. We're really opening the audience of this podcast, aren't we? <laughs> He, uh, he spends a lot of money on a fox costume and begins regularly attending these events. Oh. Everyone is so accepting and loving, and no one guilts him into hanging out with their sister. He's happy and finally has friends. That's wholesome. Catherine doesn't understand this. She thinks it's a sex thing, but that's a common misconception. Mm-hmm. At one of the meetings, Carl meets a young girl named Alex. He's not interested in her at all. She's underage, and he loves his wife, but Alex is nice and a good friend. And she has a sick labricorn costume. That's a labradoodle with a unicorn horn. That's for those dope. Who don't know. Whoa. Nice. Um, so Wait, Alex. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Alex lives in a two bedroom apartment with her mom, Sally. Alex's dad left them when Alex was five, leaving Sally with a mountain of debt and Alex with a feeling of being unlovable, a feeling she usually dealt with by isolating herself from others and never talking. I would say Alex was bullied at school, but in reality, no one at school even knew she, had ex- she existed. I could say she wasn't invited to the parties because no one liked her, but it was really because they forgot about her completely. She used to be incredibly lonely until she stumbled onto a subreddit for furries. They all seemed so loving, so accepting, and their fursuits were sick as hell. I'm so sorry. She made a really crappy fursuit and went to her convention. She tried to stay quiet and hide, but so many people approached her and made her feel comfortable and welcome. Plus, the mask, for some reason, gave Alex permission to feel loved, something she had never truly felt before. Alex soon got a job with the help of her new friends and saved up for a real expensive labricorn fursuit. Sally, Alex's mom, doesn't understand. She thinks it's a sex thing, but that's a common misconception. Mm-hmm. Are you speaking from experience here? <laughs> no. Also, I, wait. <laughs> let's, let's wait. I, I asked you if you had done here. research. Wait, what? I asked you prior to this recording if you had done research for your pitch. Not and you all. said, nope, I just wrote. <laughs> I never do research for these things. Excellent. <laughs> Um, so this misunderstanding leads to constant fights between the mother and daughter due to Alex's feeling of being unlovable, of being unlovable mixed with Sally's disapproval of Alex's lifestyle that makes her feel loved. Alex thinks her mother hates her. Sally feeling like everyone wants to leave her thinks her daughter's doing this just to rebel. In reality, they both just want what's best for Alex, but they just don't listen to each other. One day as Sally is walking from her job at the factory to her job at the mill, a cop stops her. He asks if she's okay. She says she's fine. The officer then looks at her deep in her eyes and asks if there's anything he can do to help. She's confused, but as he asks again, his eyes shimmer from brown to gold. She wants her daughter to stay with her. She's worried that Alex being a furry will drive them apart since Sally can't condone some weird sex thing, which is a common misconception. Mm -hmm. I can fix her, he says as his eyes turn blue. Sally finds herself standing in a void with the cop. She notices his badge, says Officer DeVille. He continues... We can make a deal. <laughs> we can make a deal. I'll make sure your daughter stops being a furry forever. You just have to bring her to this certain location. But if anyone finds out about our deal, including your daughter, they must be dealt with. A few hours later, as, Kath- as, Catherine, is- oh, as Catherine is walking to the train to go home, she is stopped by the same cop who asks her the same question, is there anything I can do to help? His eyes still continuously changing color. Catherine's afraid. She's afraid of her resentment for her husband ruining their marriage. She's afraid of him being she's afraid him being a furry is going to lead to him cheating on her. She wants him to not be a furry. She wants she also wants to know that he cares about her. I can fix him, Deville says, the world falling away into the void. We can make a deal. I'll make sure your husband stops being a furry forever, and I'll show you he cares about you. You just have to bring him to this location, but if anyone finds out about our deal, including Carl, they must be dealt with. The next day, Catherine takes Carl to the address. It's a 50s-style diner in a quarry. 
Um, <laughs> they go inside and it's we're full. We're on page of, seven. We're on page seven. <laughs> <laughs> they go inside and it's full of people. They are shown to their be- to their booth. As they walk, Carl notices Alex and Sally are there. He says hi, meets Sally, then he's drug away by his wife. Who was that? Alex and Catherine ask simultaneously. A friend from the conventions, Carl and Alex respond. Are you, Sally and Catherine ask, what? No, I've told you, being a furry is not a sex thing. That's a common, common misconception. misconception, Carl and Alex say in unison. Plus, Carl adds, she's underage, and I never cheat on you. I love you, Catherine. Carl tries to hold Catherine's hand, but she pulls away. The waiter comes up, takes their orders, and then everyone sits in the diner for a while, no one leaving and no one entering for two whole hours. Everyone's kind of awkward about it. Catherine and Carl spend the two hours talking about arbitrary aspects of their life. Alex and Sally spend two hours arguing about arbitrary beliefs that they have. Finally, the door chimes. Silence falls over the patrons. Through the door, two furries come in, one in a bear suit and the other in a wolf suit with a tailor hat and a babyless baby harness. The bear saunters up to the hostess and plunges a knife deep into her throat. Whoa! The Jeez. bear and the wolf begin rounding up people, killing only a couple of them to establish control. Carl and Catherine run to the kitchen, Alex, Sally, and another couple close behind them. They all make sure they're okay. Then they all hear something in the walk-in fridge. Carl and Catherine go to investigate. While, when they leave, the, the wife of the other couple that's there, Barbara... Unprompted and totally calm, asks Alex and, Sa- Alex and Sally, so who made the deal? The what? Alex asks. Oh, so it was you, the husband Dave, says to Sally. The deal, Barbara continues, like I made a deal with DeVille to get this guy to stop spending all our money on alcohol, cocaine, and bobsledding. Nice. <laughs> Good the big call back. The big three. Uh, and then what deal, Alex angrily asks Sally. And then we cut back to Carl and Catherine, who go into the walk-in to find their waiter gnawing on a frozen yam. the three talk for a while the waiter recites a few bible verses and then he just straight up claims to be god sally tell uh so then cuts back to sally and alex sally tells alex of the deal she made to get alex to stop being a furry alex is pissed off dave says it's okay all of this is fake watch dave steps into the dining room and says to the evil furries i know about the deal and i promise to never spend all of our money on alcohol cocaine and bobsledding again so me and my wife are just going to leave so you guys can get back to your weird sex thing. The wolf then says, actually, being a furry isn't a sex thing. The bear continues, that's <laughs> a common, common misconception. misconception. But, you, but you did just tell everyone about the deal, so we have to kill all of them. Carl and Catherine hear the screams, but they don't actually hear him mention the deal. Um, Catherine goes to investigate while the waiter asks Carl how he can help him. Carl says he wants to save his marriage. And Carl and the waiter says, all you have to do is ask me. And so Carl says, will you save my marriage? The waiter then kisses Carl's forehead, and Carl leaves to make sure everyone was okay. Sally, Catherine, Carl, and Alex then escape out the back window into the forest. Sally and Catherine see Officer DeVille and break off to talk to him while Alex and while Carl and Alex wait and talk. Carl, uh, Carl says he can't be a furry if members of the community are going to be, be doing those kinds of things, like rounding up people and murdering them. But not even Carl really believes that. Alex says they'll all miss him, and if he ever wants to be actually understood, they'll be there. Catherine and Sally go up to DeVille, who is fighting off a raccoon with a rake. After, <laughs> after the raccoon runs away, DeVille plops onto a log, depressed that he just lost his rake. <laughs> Catherine and Sally sit next to him. He makes sure Alex and Carl don't know anything about the deal. Catherine and Sally assure him that they don't. DeVille says they will both get what they want. 
He then drop boxes Catherine a video of Carl saying he wants to fix his marriage. <laughs> drop boxes. <laughs> okay. He then says he has one more loose end to tie up, tie up, and then he trips into the forest. Catherine and Sally rejoin Carl and Alex, who are calling the cops. The cops arrive, and then we have the last five minutes of the movie that we just watched. Wow. Holy mackerel, man. So that, that ending with uh, DeVille at the restaurant talking to the waiter, it's implied he's there to kill the waiter because yeah. that's his last loose end to tie up. Uh, it all makes sense. <laughs> Questions? Yeah, like, comments. how did you know it was him? Like, that was the guy. Yeah. It feels like something early Paul Thomas Anderson would definitely do. Yeah, yeah. it does. <laughs> like, it does. To the, to the likes of Magnolia and Boogie yep. Nights. Really? Because mm-hmm. it's lots of twisty, turny, lots of lots of characters. That one sentence where you listed like 13 characters' names, like referring to a bunch of different people. It, it was like in the first third of the pitch. Oh, okay. Um, I'm trying to remember. But like... Yeah, you know how some some of these pitches are like, oh, I really want to see that. I'm gonna be honest, I don't need to see this I one. Don't, I, <laughs> I'm yeah, good. I think I just saw it in my head. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Very, um, very, very well done. How much free time do you have at work? Uh, way too much. So <laughs> when I'm writing these pitches, I try to like figure out what like the the hook of the thing is gonna be. So like with R100, I realized, oh, I want him to give birth to himself. Yeah, and then in like right, and you just work backwards. The thief oh. and the yeah. cobbler. I wanted it to be like, oh, Tack is a is an evil part is a manipulator. Mm-hmm. This one took me so long to figure out what the mm. hook was gonna be, and then I threw in a random joke of Carl being a furry because his marriage was failing, and mm. I was like, that's the whole thing. Crap, that's the whole pitch. <laughs> yeah. And like after watching the last five minutes, I really wish I'd put in a thing where uh, Catherine gets on to Alex for being a furry. So then, at the end, when yeah, sorry, when Catherine apologizes, you're like, okay, I get please that forgive point. me, yeah. please forgive me. I do appreciate though that you didn't take the hook in like a like the direction the movie is clearly in. Like it's yeah. clearly a Christian movie. You went in the opposite totally direction. Uh-huh. I also wrote in my notes, don't make fun of furries. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I think I, that I've never seen a movie about probably even including furries. <laughs> so, good on you. You're watching the wrong movies. No, I'm <laughs> I know the movie Mascots includes it mm. because I it's a mascot convention, but they're right next door to a furry Super convention. Oh, <laughs> so a lot yeah, of people get switched back and forth. Wow, that was yeah. tremendous, August. Thank you, thank yeah. you. I, I've never written yeah. down the word furry so much in my life. <laughs> In-depth character study. Yeah, I well, it, so this 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 pitch started with a couple who compromise so much that they disconnect from each other. Mm-hmm. That they they both compromise and start feeling so much guilt for compromise, making the other compromise. That they stop yeah. talking to each other and it builds resentment and hatred. You say Carl, and all I can see in my head is The Walking Dead. Carl. 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 See, I see Carl Weezer <laughs> from Jimmy Neutron. <laughs> I, I, I see always Jimmy. think of llamas with Jimmy's hats. Jimmy's mom has Carl. Carl. Oh, that kills people. Yeah, Carl. Carl. Oh, yeah. Let's just phenomenal. combine all three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to do that. That's crazy. <laughs> but yeah, you, you picture it. You figure it you out. Picture you picture it. it. That's your job, not ours. Um, yeah, so that's said, my pitch. Yeah, Woo, well done. Very, very well done. Thank oh, you. And I, I also kind of wanted where like Catherine kind of doesn't understand her husband, so she strips away the one thing that makes him feel like loved or like, happy and yeah. stuff like that. So she, because she just doesn't understand it. Yeah, 
because she thinks it's a sex thing. I'll touch on that in a second. <laughs> but, but now let's move on to round two of guessing game. Guessing game. Not trademark because anybody can use guessing game. <laughs> um, so this this round, points are doubled. Ooh. Bro, I'm already negative. But, but, the minus, but the minus points is still minus two. Okay. So you yeah, can gain twice as much, lose just the same. Because you if you doubled them, they would just be like if you it doubled negative like two, it would just be two points for getting yeah, a question wrong. Exactly. And then the first round would mean a lot less than it did. Yeah. But the mind it's still minus two or plus two. Um so yeah, everybody ready? Yeah. Yeah, he's all over me. Vertigo. August. Alfred Hitchcock. Oh! Alfred Hitchcock. Two points just to August. Fast enough. Just keep your hand me. up and you'll out. No, yeah. Just yeah. Keep your, <laughs> if you want to go for right now, we could. No, no. Um, no. Next one is Babel. Oh. Interesting. Another movie by this director is The Revenant. Oh no! August. Dang it! <laughs> I can't remember his Five, name. You think about four, his Leonardo DiCaprio. Three, oh my gosh! Two, I, I, one. Yeah, that's no. minus two for August. Hannah. Inaritu. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Yes. Alejandro Gonzalez Inaritu also did Birdman or The Unexpected Virtue of Ignorance. Um, that's the same movie, not two different movies. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Point Break. Oh, I don't know. No guess. I really don't. Another know. movie by this person is The Hurt Locker. Oh, oh, oh uh, shoot. The only thing coming. Bigelow? Hannah. Yep, Catherine Bigelow. Oh, good I'm one. actually doing well. Two points. <laughs> yeah. Uh, next one. Francis Ha. Luke. Ooh, is it Greta Gerwig? No, or, no it's, it's Noah Baumbach. No? Uh, I don't know. General rule. This I, is very I conversational. Let it, count. Okay. let it count. Let it count. Let it count. Come on, it's Luke. I wouldn't, what is, but whatever. No, Luke gets two Luke gets one point. Yeah, okay. that's fair. All right, fair about that. Cool, is it cool, Noah Baumbach? Cool. It's Noah it Baumbach. Okay. Yep. That was that was a weird one because mm-hmm. Greg Gerwig is in it. She's and princess. also, are they together? Married? I don't know. Question mark. Yeah, they're yeah. together. Mar- have children? Have ch- Question mark. I don't think they have children. I thought they. I thought, I thought, they, they, I thought they had children. Oh, well, those children are the. Those are some crazy kids. Some creative kids. Witness for the prosecution. Director also did the apartment. August. Billy Wilder. Yeah. Oh. Also did some like it hot. I would have only got I only nice. got that because of the apartment. Boogie Nights. Luke. Paul Thomas Anderson. <laughs> Paul Thomas Anderson. Why? Hannah, you're still in the running. You got I know, this. at least this, I'm not negative. This is another two directors, same name of a movie. Okay. Okay. And the movie is Mother. Oh, 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 oh no. no. Oh, whoa. No. I was expecting somebody to know one of them. Oh, oh my gosh. Because one of them has Jennifer, Jennifer Lawrence. Lawrence. Uh-huh, and, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, my gosh. With the crazy the movie poster. Um, oh, my gosh. I can't. Who I can't think that? Of this sucks. I'll, I'll give um, another movie from one of the directors. Probably not the director you're thinking of, or for the movie probably. you're thinking of. Um, Okja. Oh. August. Bong Joon-ho. Bong Joon-ho is one of them. He directed Sad. Mother around 2009. Okay. Interesting. Oh the my gosh. other director, this is open to anybody as well. Oh, I'll add two points for August. Um, the Fountain? Mm-mm. Requiem for a Dream. I don't think I've seen <gasps> oh. that one. Seriously. The you Whale. Went- Oh, oh my gosh. The whale. Like the new The Whale? Yeah. Oh my gosh. All I can think about is oh, right. It's Brendan Fraser. Nah. Oh man. Wait, I, Black I know Swan. His name. 
I know this name. No. 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 You this this sucks. Uh, <laughs> it sucks. The, I can't remember. The first two syllables of his first and last name rhyme. Rhyme with Aaron. I... I th- <laughs> Darren Aronofsky. That's oh, what I was going to say, but I didn't yeah. want to be wrong. Oh, you know, oh, oh that's... I've Man. seen yeah. the name on Darren Aronofsky did Mother with an exclamation point. With Jennifer Lawrence. I didn't know he also... Yeah. That that was the same director that yeah. he did Mother. Okay. He does a lot of very tough watches. Which, love him for that. Oh, he also did The Wrestler. The Wrestler is really good. That's one we should watch. Anyway, moving on from round two, the where we're standing now. Hannah has four. Thank nice. God. Luke has six. Nice. August has eight. <gasps> Go August. Go August. <laughs> Go August. And now we'll move on to our third pitch of the episode. <laughs> Hannah. C'est moi. C'est moi. Okay. So not many know this, but the encounter is actually a prequel to Twin Peaks. <laughs> Let's oh, go! No. Whoa! Oh my so, gosh! So sort of ironic you mentioned David See, Lynch. See, how are we gonna? That's amazing. <laughs> okay, so, hold on. Listen, <laughs> I'm strapping myself in out. for this one. Hear me out. There's just no way the number of cops and trench coats and driving around small towns is just a coincidence. Y'all thought they were talking about actual Jesus? No. <laughs> they were talking about Bob. Killer Bob. The diner spoken about in the clip is actually the double R diner. Oh my. As this film is a prequel, the characters have had visions of the place Agent Cooper will eventually get his iconic cup of coffee. The protagonists of our story, Catherine and Trenchcoat, as I've I've named him Trenchcoat. His name is Trenchcoat. His gotcha. name is Trenchcoat. Yep. Dave Trenchcoat. <laughs> after walking through the woods at the suggestion of the office of an officer while trying to solve the case of a missing teenage girl. That officer is Officer DeVille. He's one of Bob's first victims, misleading the characters into fighting the diner in an unknown section of the waiting room. You've all seen Twin Peaks. You know what the waiting room is? Yes. No. Awesome. <laughs> Great. Throughout the film, the detectives fall prey to Bob's antics. They have tried to escape, but have had no success and grow more confused by what they find within the diner. They're slowly going crazy, but are completely in denial about it. They discover um, the missing girl who has miraculously made a friend while stuck in the waiting room. The final encounter in the waiting room before returning to the real world is the one and only Laura Palmer, who chases them wow. on all fours until they escape back into reality. <laughs> yeah, that tracks. But they are not saved from Bob's grasp. The guy in the trench coat, so trench coat, saves his marriage by being the first to kill under Bob's control. Like, ever, okay? Oh my gosh. He's free now, sort of. The two detectives successfully play dumb about Officer DeVille and the missing girl's return home. One of the missing girls, one of the two that we met, uh, the one with the hat, is actually Donna's mother. The final moments of the movie are the detectives having escaped but now permanently mentally scarred, agreeing to worship Killer Bob for all eternity, setting the plot of Twin Peaks in motion. The last few moments of the film show an entitled jerk at a restaurant, that whole section. Killer Bob has once again possessed the quote-unquote server from the diner and is looking for his next target. The man who will help funnel money into the construction of the Great Northern Hotel. On that final note, David Lynch, I am in your walls. Oh. That's my pitch. <laughs> so I know what I'm doing oh, over Christmas, and that's watching binge watching all, all of Twin Peaks. Peaks in the I'm pausing Atlanta, going to Twin Peaks, and Twin then I'll Peaks come back is to the first season is so Fire good. With me, that's what I'm excited for. Yeah. Fire, yes, with Incredible. David Bowie. Yeah. Yo. Oh. Can we I am, all I am watch a that? 
huge Lynch fan. I gotta watch the show and then I'll watch that. Yeah, can we can we watch Twin Peaks like before we go home for Christmas, please? <laughs> I'm so down. That'll be a long watch, but yes. I, I'm gonna okay. be honest. I don't down. enjoy the second season as much as the first. Like, it didn't Lynch fair. leave? It's it a does, little rough. Yeah, Lynch it's, left. It's yeah. real. And there's real like rough. a you can feel it. You can like see mm. how it's changed since. That's a yeah, shame. but the Dang. first season is real good. Yeah. But my gosh, Hannah, that was good. That's that that's really that's that's what I like when we first came with the idea for the podcast that's the kind of thing i was envisioning yeah so it was like, weird because i was thinking about it and i was like there's a lot of similarities between this oddly enough mm-hmm. and, twin and twin peaks, peaks. i love it i've yeah. not seen the rest of the movie but there's a diner <laughs> there's a lot of cops there's a lot of people in trench coats and everyone talks yeah. real real they weird they talk yeah. really weird <laughs> yeah note, august you might not have seen all of Twin Peaks, but have you seen the episode of Psych where they parody Twin Peaks? Oh, Dual yeah, Spires? Yeah, yeah. yeah, Dual Spires. Yeah, I saw Dual that Spires. before I knew what Twin Peaks was. Okay, amazing. Yeah. So, like that, that, no, that's my experience with like movie references and stuff. Is like I saw the episode of Psych, Psych first, before, and then I watched oh, the movie. I saw Psych before show. I watched Breakfast Club. I saw Psych oh, before so, I watched oh. Ferris Bueller. I watched Psych before I watched Twin Peaks. Not before Psych. Clue, though. Before Clue. What? Before, oh. Yeah, before any Alfred Hitchcock movie. Oh, before same. Before Silence of the Lambs. Oh. Like, Psych was like the first thing I ever watched. Psych is a movie. heavy wow. influence on all of us. Dude, Psych uh, set me up for the kind of person I am nowadays. Man, have you, you not seen Psych? You guys have Psych, and I have Pushing Daisies. Pushing <laughs> no, Pushing Daisies is incredible. Pushing Daisies is really good. Daisies is so good. I'm so mad at how that ended. I know, because the sad part of Pushing Daisies is it is so freaking good, because everything Sonicville does is just so like thorough mm. and detailed, and it looks so incredible. But then you hit the last, like, five episodes of Pushing Daisies, because it all got canceled. Yeah. And there were these plot lines that they were trying to set up, and then they just had to wrap it up really, really Man, fast. Yeah. So just the last five episodes are so hard, but like the it's, first season is so good. It's such it's like so a good. like if you've seen the Mike Myers Cat in the Hat, it's very much that aesthetic for some reason. <laughs> yeah, like the two thousands. Oh, everything's so, yeah. Yeah, but that, didn't that guy also extreme. do Dead to Me? About oh, the Grim Reapers. He did a series of unfortunate events. The oh, show. Oh, with, show. Uh, Neil Patrick Harris. Did, did he, I think like, he did oh, Dead to Jim Me Car- too. Oh, about the, the other one. I have no, seen Dead to Me. He did Max Dead Greenfield. to Me. But Still, Dead to Me is a great yeah. show. But the from New wait, Girl is in that. Is that what it's called <laughs> with the Grim Reapers and stuff like that? <laughs> no. Dead to Me has got Christina Applegate and Linda Hold Carlini. On. Hold and it's on. about Quick uh, shout out to Christina a wife whose husband dies in a hit and run, and she becomes best friends with someone unknowingly that was the person who murdered her husband. Okay, so that's what Dead to Me is about, and it's awesome. I'm thinking of a different show. Give me two seconds. <laughs> You're thinking of Lie to Me? N- no, it's about the Grim Reaper. Oh, oh, Grim Billy Reaper. and Mandy. Yeah, you know, I, I that's created by Craig and McCracken, mm-hmm. and I know that. <laughs> All that to say, Hannah, incredible pitch. Oh my gosh, really well oh yeah, <laughs> but the guy, okay, the guy who created uh, Pushing Daisies also created Hannibal. Whoa. Oh, that checks out. But oh, sorry, dead like me. Dead like me. Oh, dead like me. It's uh, a, it's about a girl who dies and like every few if you're like every grim reaper has a quota and if you're their final soul, mm-hmm. you become a grim reaper and now you have to like reap souls. Every it's really interesting had a really bad movie. Ain't that how it happens? Ever. Ain't that how it goes? <laughs> In film carriage. school, there's always one of those every semester. Oh, a yeah. Grim Reaper story? Every single time. Which, yeah. I mean, it's been done, and the like, little the little subtleties help change the <laughs> student film, the student film. 
Uh, so but yeah, yeah, how how that was a great pitch. How do I assign accuracy when you all went off the book? We <laughs> 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 totally into like totally separate fields. Um, before we assign those points for accuracy and for, um, I guess just my favorite. Yeah, let's play our third and final round of guessing game not trademarked. Ooh, guessing game not trademarked. This is a great game. It's it's fun. I do well. This is like what we played years ago. Just yeah. like. And we, we still play it every once in a while. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this round, points are tripled. Oh. Three points for correct answer. Okay. Still minus two. Okay. So okay. please be more inclined to just like... Whatever. Yeah. Guess and check. Meaningless points, remember? So here we go. This one... Here, wait, let me... <laughs> um, Gosh, I, I want to just raise my hand and just straight up guess right no, now. Yeah, for real, like try it. The first one is... Wait, hold on, Ben, real quick. Yeah. If I raise my hand right now, blind, and I guess, could it be any of the directors you have lined up? Or does it have to Probably be... Probably not. Oh, wait. Like, if I just blind no, 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 guess... No, 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 can I blind guess one of the no, directors? No, 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 okay, no, 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 no. then never mind, I won't do it. I won't do it. But... There's a possibility, but I don't think... Okay, but I'm ready for okay, it. Okay, so this is this first movie, 12 Years a Slave. Steve August. McQueen. Yeah. Who? Wow! Dang! Yes. Wait, I lost my online <laughs> tally counter. Lost my One, two, three. online. Where's my? Um. Okay. The tragedy of Macbeth. Mm. Joel Cohen. Joel Cohen. Oh, no. I was just gonna say <laughs> Cohen because I couldn't remember <laughs> which one did. Which I mean, that's his last name. But it's not both of them. No, it's not the Cohen. Right. Dog Day Afternoon. Oh no! This is a tough one. Oh no! But it he's. One of the greats. Because I know the movie. My brother won't stop talking about it all the mm-hmm. time. Or there's a period where he wouldn't stop talking this about it. This director also did Serpico. Yeah. 12 Angry Men. Oh. And Network. Oh, no. I know this. He's, he's so good, but I can't remember his name. If he did 12 Angry Men, then I know this. I did ask have any not stabs. seen any of those. Any stabs. They're all really good. Oh, you need to see I 12 Angry Men. Not a single one. I need to get on that. 12 Angry Men is such a good script. It's so... Very, very I, like, I know content. of them. I've just yeah. never... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, see, I got no guess. Yeah, me neither. I don't have a guess. Sidney Lumet. Ah! Oh. Sincerely, one of... Kiss and then hold my hand to heaven. <laughs> Chef's of kiss of a man. The Martian. Oh, Ridley, Ridley Scott. Ridley oh, Scott. I was about to say Andy Weir, but he oh wrote the book. Right, <laughs> yeah. it was Ridley Scott. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, I tried to not do. Oh, that's whack. Because I remember Donald Glover was talking about yeah. how he always did like one take in like the, the scene of Donald Glover tripping and falling. He actually actually like, tripped and fell, tripped and like fell. the cr- cluttered room. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember the the stapler scene. That's that's yeah. what I remember of. Dude, but Donald that was like Glover. Ridley Scott's like first good movie in a while. I thought right? you were just going to say first Ever. good movie, and I was like, hang on. <laughs> um, I love Blade Runner with all of my heart. Alien? I know you do. I've seen every Alien, alien. movie there is, except oh Alien vs. Predator. I haven't seen that one. Mm. That one's Sorry. whack. <laughs> the Babadook. Jennifer Kent. Jennifer Kent. Wow. One of, like... I can't wait for our next movie. Whatever it the is. The Nightingale's one of the best I movies be I've ever sitting seen. Sitting in that theater. I will the never see the Nightingale. Yeah, I don't want to see the Nightingale. Until oh. we choose it for the podcast. <laughs> no, I know what it's about. <laughs> oh yeah, you're right. It's so good. Um, okay. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Charlie Kaufman, baby. Nope. Minus two. <gasps> oh no! Kaufman. No, I know it! I know it! Kaufman. Only one guess for movie. Only one guess for movie, bub. Oh no! <laughs> he did weapon of choice, too. 
I don't. I can't remember. Also oh, I did, hate myself because it's the like the last sleep? one Charlie Kaufman didn't direct himself. Also did the Science of Sleep, the Green Hornet. Oh what? Be oh, kind Green, rewind. What? I, I then I don't know it. Never mind. Be kind. Wait, be kind rewind with kind Jack rewind. Black and Mustache. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then never mind. I don't know it. Um, oh my god. Also contributed to Tokyo, which was directed also by Bong Joon Ho and. Leos Carax. Ben, I that was a good know. choice because I had my first guess and my second guess, second which guess. both were wrong. You can give your second. I don't think you can give your second guess. But Spike Jones. Right. No. See, that was my yeah. second guess. Michelle Gondry. Oh. French. Um, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. But oh my gosh, I'm so mad. But yeah, that was mainly one to get people to lose points because Charlie <laughs> Kaufman is the immediate. Um, oh my gosh, because like that was like one of the last. Did, Once he didn't direct himself because yeah. he did synecdoche. Right, he, he directed himself. Did he help write it? Charlie Kaufman, Kaufman wrote it by himself. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. Okay. Oh, no, 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 he, had, he had a co-write, but he wrote with he, Michelle Gondry. Oh, let me pull this. I think she did some co-write stuff, but she he he wrote it. And that's what I thought. Yeah, yeah but I I thought yeah. It's I a Kaufman movie, but like he didn't direct being John Malkovich. That was Spike Jones. Right. Um, I believe adaptation was also Spike Jones. Oh, uh, yeah. Charlie Kaufman was just a. Lone screenwriter on Noise. I don't yeah. think it was a nice else. job. That's one of my favorite movies of all time. That movie's Music so good. I know. Oh, absolutely wonderful. Um, so here we have back to back double direct, like two directors, same name. But I'm I, wondering if I like this a little bit. Yeah. Should I do um, once you, if you get it, then you guess the other one, or once you get it, you have to open the floor to the other two? Because I think. I the option to, to get six points is nuts. I have no oh. idea. Wait, it's oh never mind. Never mind. How is this math? How is this working? The double. Uh, let's do. Let's do. You can guess one of them, and okay. I'll flip the other two. Okay. The first one is Dune. August. <sighs> Denny Villeneuve. That cool. Makes me so mad. <laughs> Luke. David Lynch. David Dang Lynch. It. Yeah. One two three. One two three. Uh, oh, I see how this. Okay, so wait, we're, we're doing it as like the first two to raise their hands both get a guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First okay, two to that raise makes their more hand. sense. Was that the last one? No, no. there's one, one more just oh. like that. Okay, old boy, August. Well, you got to <laughs> guess now. <laughs> Five, four. Take the point away from three, me. Okay. Oh my gosh. Minus two. Um, one of them is. Is a tough one to get. Just released Decision to Leave. Oh, oh I heard about it, but I haven't it. seen it. Also did <sighs> I don't know why I thought Handmaiden. My guess was gonna be Josh <sighs> Brolin. <laughs> I mean, what? he was an old boy, directed by another big director. Right. Oh my gosh. Um so one of the directors is named Park Chan Wook. Yes. Oh, that's right. right. The Vengeance trilogy. Really, really good stuff. And the other one refers to his movies as joints. Luke. Oh, no! Oh, <gasps> Spike Lee? Spike Lee. No! I'm so mad! Spike Lee directed Spike Lee. Old Boy? Yeah, the bad one. <laughs> Actually, I haven't seen Spike Lee's Old Boy. But I haven't seen I've anything Spike Lee. I've also not seen it. Here's a final, final thing. Uh, uh? Hey, let's just uh? do it, just for fun. Um, so, name, here. just whenever you're ready, you could raise your hand. Yeah. Name two of the four directors who worked on the 1995 anthology black comedy film Four Rooms. Don't Honest. know. Robert Rodriguez. Yep. 
I got nothing. I... You won't get points for this, but do you want to? Quentin yeah. Tarantino. Yeah, Quentin Tarantino was the other one. Hmm. Um, because it's it's Tim Roth being a bellboy. Um, and antics. I I have antics. no clue who the other two are. I think one of them only directed Four Rooms. Allison Anders and Alexandra Rockwell. I think she only directed Four Rooms. I think she might have had some other things in her belt, but I don't know. Yeah. I didn't do that much research. <laughs> um, that was yeah, fun. The points uh, for the guessing game not trademarked are Hannah with seven, nice. Luke with 15 points. Oh, my God. Oh, no. And August with 16. Whoa! Are you high serious? five. That last little four-room question. High Air <laughs> high five across the room. Um, but that being said, it's time to assign the actual points. <laughs> Maybe we add these, add these to it. Uh, accuracy. Dang. Yeah, because it's not. Yeah, it's not gonna be content. It's not, yeah, it's gonna I, be. I genu- like as weird as this sounds. I'm gonna give accuracy to Hannah. Whoa! Because of Wait, the focus what? in the diner. Okay. Are they detectives? Along with they aren't detectives. Oh, yeah. They're, they are. They're just husband and wife. Oh. Okay. Um, but <laughs> My bad. yeah, there's a lot of attention in the diner and looking for answers and okay. trying to uncover this mystery. Um. And then favorite, I gotta give it to August. Yeah, come on, <laughs> yeah, dude! Really? Holy cow! That was how many pages did you have? A new like perspective. 14? So in my in my little book, I have it was fourteen on my. Wait, on I was my, right. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> on my on my Google Doc, it was four and a half. Oh gosh! So, but still, it's wow. single or double spaced? Single. Oh my god! Single spa- No, yeah, that is a that's a strong pitch. Just for the amount of like dedication and time you put into that you, yeah. you deserve the yeah. favorite thank you thank you that's, so wow um, <laughs> i never hannah, go for accuracy <laughs> hannah you'll get 10 holy cards uh plus your seven points that you earned from guessing game oh, not trademark thank you thank you seven points and 10 holy cards mm-hmm. uh luke you get your 15 points Let's from go. guessing game not trademarked and then august you get your 16 points from guessing game not trademarked in addition to five rosaries so now you can i'm at 21 yeah, uh, I guess oh, not, each rosary counts as a point. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there, I, I was thinking physical rosary. Oh, thank you. I yeah, appreciate it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let's find out what the actual movie was about. I'm I'm gonna I'm not interested in what the actual movie. I'm is honestly, about. Yeah. it won't be as good as Hannah's pitch. Exactly. Like it's <laughs> it's, it's not Twin Peaks. So decent movie, but like you know, you pretty much know exactly how it would go. I, I could realistically guess what it is. I've seen in a page. this kind of movie a million times yeah, already. Yeah. Which is why I'm so glad you guys went totally out there and, and looked for different answers yeah. elsewhere. Like furry conventions and nuclear power plants and so Twin Peaks. The Pacific Northwest. <laughs> <laughs> so, The Encounter follows five strangers living in California, five? each with their own drama. California! And, yes, a lot of the characters that uh, are this movie is based around were not seen in the last five minutes. Oh gosh! Um, Lovely. So there's Nick, a former NFL player and owner of a chain of burger restaurants. There's Carl. also Hank and Catherine, whose marriage is falling apart. So I think we heard Carl and Mike. Mike. So I was like, Mike's pretty close to Hank, but and um, trench coat. Yep. Trench coat. <laughs> Their marriage is falling apart. There's Melissa, a Christian on the way to visit her boyfriend who is dun 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 an atheist. Oh no. Yeah. God yeah. forbid. Oh my and gosh. Kayla, a hitchhiker escaping her horrible living conditions in Los Angeles. We'll get into that tea later. <laughs> uh, so Nick, the NFL player is played by Steve Borden. Who is a professional WWE wrestler, like in real life, <laughs> also known as Sting, aka Blade Runner Flash or Blade Runner Sting. 
<laughs> Hank oh my gosh. is played by Olympic American high jumper Jamie Nieto. And Melissa is played by Jackie Velasquez, who's a very famous contemporary Christian and Latin pop singer-songwriter who recorded three platinum records. Sold like over three million albums. Oh, oh my gosh. Okay. And so they're all technically actors because of this movie and some other Christian movies they were in, but clearly they just wanted to do this for like spiritual reasons, not to boost their career or anything. Um, which is kind of cool. It's just an odd mix of characters, like a breakfast club of, of sure. people um, going to this diner. But at the start of the film, all of them are introduced in ways that are far from subtle. Catherine turns to Hank, who's driving, and she says, you just don't get it, do you? I don't want to be your wife anymore. Oh. And so she's like a horrible person <laughs> for the first half of the movie until, you know, some stuff happens and is revealed. Businessman Nick is texting and driving and almost hits Kayla, who's walking alone on some back road with a backpack over her shoulder. So we get a lot of exposition really quickly. And Melissa is given a creepy Ben Kenobi message in her head to pick Kayla up. So she does. Oh. Uh, a detour road is closed off, so uh, police officer DeVille tells them to turn back. So the five strangers get stranded at the Last Chance Diner. Oh, gosh. With its omnipresent <laughs> owner, who not so discreetly reveals himself to be Jesus Christ. So I was right. It's just a guy who straight up goes, hey, I'm God. Hey, I'm God. <laughs> yeah. I'm God. Nice but to meet you. But there are some signs just... that like, sh show him being more Jesus-ish than... A guy. Then a waiter eating a frozen waiter game. Just yeah. no fursuits. Although, I don't know. I mean, we haven't finished uh, yeah, the plot I mean, of the there could yet. be some more fursuits than... than I don't know. Um, so Jesus is played by Bruce Marciano, who has played Jesus in 11 different films and one series. Wow. And he's he's in a lot of these pure flicks movies <laughs> that, that Luke uh, mentioned to us before we recorded. And um, so... Jesus attempts to help each of the patrons to face the truth in his or her life, to seek repentance, and go for reconciliation. I should also mention that he only serves water at this restaurant, but the water tastes really good. It tastes a lot like water. It just, it's like really good water. It's like, oh, mm, I can really taste the water in there. Mm. I guess I, that's what they, they said at the start is like, I only serve water here. But I think he was referring to the only beverages he sells is water uh, because he comes back with like food from their childhood and that points to him being like a higher it's power. It's like Ratatouille. Exactly. You're saying exactly. the rat in Ratatouille is Jesus. Is Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Remy is As a Catholic Jesus. man, is that's Jesus. what I'm saying. FYI. Is that the tagline of this episode? Remy, Remy, is, Remy Jesus. is Jesus. I was thinking, or um, it's a common misconception. <laughs> <laughs> so each person has the potential for redemption, and it's up to them over the course of the runtime to not only be convinced that this guy really is Jesus, but also to turn to him and accept him into their lives. Classic Christian movie that primarily takes place in one location. So it's like 12 Angry Men or Reservoir Dogs, except not as iconic and directed right. by David A.R. White. So Does yeah. he play Officer DeVille? If you, he does not. Oh! <laughs> he is completely separate. <laughs> so uh, if you don't recognize the name David A.R. White, he's an actor, writer, director, and film producer for primarily Christian films and series. His notable achievements in cinema include God's Not Dead, God's Not Dead 2, God's Not Dead, A Light and Darkness. God's Not Dead, We the People. Okay. There's four? And The Encounter franchise. There are four God's Not Dead movies. The Encounter franchise? Which is The Encounter and The Encounter Paradise Lost. Which wow. is uh, what is set up at the end of the film. Oh, uh, at the... So yeah, he's the customer the in... It's, I think it's Thailand. He's the customer in Thailand we see at the end of the movie, which sets up the film sequel. Oh, so the guy at the end isn't Officer DeVille at all. No, he's David A.R. White. 
I assume, playing some other guy. That I, was the first time we ever see him in the movie. Yes. Wow. Yeah. All right. So it's not really like The Dark Knight Rises at all. It's just <laughs> introducing the sequel. Oh, so we somehow gave this movie too much credit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> so um, each patron at the diner ends up being either a born or, or ends up being born again or is brought to a life changing decision, except for WWE Hall of Famer Blade Runner Sting, aka businessman Nick whose pride blocks him from questioning his life decisions and purpose. Despite Jesus bringing his late but faithful grandmother into the discussion, there's this long drawn out shot where he's eating like soup or something at the kitchen table. And his grandmother's like patting his head for a really long time. (laughs) Okay. And then him from the present walks up behind them, rests a hand on his former self's shoulder and after all that, he still doesn't believe in Jesus. <laughs> I thought you said he was going to start patting his grandmother's head. <laughs> <laughs> it's a chain of, of And then the grandmother, when she was a, when she was a young and starts patting was his wearing head. wearing a fursuit, and it was, uh, <laughs> it was a lot. Um, but yeah, so he... Yeah, I should mention, Nick, re- he, he really isn't that bad of a guy. He's just mm-hmm. cynical, and like, he's kind of rude uh, towards the end. Um, oh, I put... Yeah. Uh, oh, I said that he often plays the devil's advocate, which I hate that David A.R. White probably said that on set. Oh, 100. Uh, <laughs> right in the script, he went, he's the devil's advocate. And they went, yeah, okay, like, David, okay, you can well, stop saying that. Well, but keep like paying you. <laughs> this character's the devil's advocate, though. Yeah. Um, I added an editor's note when I was rewatching it, and I said, there's one line that points to him hating homeless people, so maybe he's <gasps> actually a bad person. <laughs> yeah. so, oh, so I no. changed my He's I, a businessman. All businessmen are evil. Right. Every one of the businessmen is evil. Right. Officer DeVille <laughs> returns. So he, Officer DeVille, who looks like he has a goatee, he looks kind of devilish. He returns to the diner and tells everyone that the road's been reopened, but Jesus is like, he's lying. The road's not reopened. Don't go with DeVille. Uh-huh. Um, and so Grandma's boy and WWE Hall of Famer Blade Runner Sting happily leaves with DeVille, and DeVille gloats to Jesus like, that's one for me. And then Jesus like force chokes him and says, but four set free. Talking to about the other patients. So free. the devil was literally trying to re- lead them down the wrong road. Yeah. Okay. I'm right. glad you picked up on the, uh, on the, the craft the, of the, 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 the uh-huh. metaphor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, Deville leads Nick away from the diner down the road, um, and he puts up one of these signs, like the devil, like at a like rock, rock concert show. when you put up like devil horns. Yeah. And then Nick is like, yeah. And then they drive into this big fog and it's assumed that Nick dies like in a car crash. Uh, and so as the other patrons leave the diner officially after Jesus gives them the OK, they learn from a different officer, totally new, never seen him before down the road, that the road is closed again because of a serious car accident. Um, they learn that Blade Runner Sting was involved in the crash, which killed him instantly. He also reveals that, I don't know how he knows all this and is just like giving them this information, but he also reveals that he's never heard of a police officer named DeVille. And then Kayla realizes that DeVille was actually the devil in disguise based on the pronunciation of his surname. Thanks, Wikipedia, because that's how they phrase it. The next day, (laughs) Hank and Catherine go back to find the diners mysteriously vanished because Jesus accomplished his mission of turning their lives around. A bunch of flashbacks later, Catherine and Hank hug super awkwardly and we cross dissolve to some restaurant in Thailand. Jesus shows up as a waiter asking David A.R. White if he would like something off the menu or special order, alluding to the 2012 sequel film, The Encounter, Paradise Lost. Um, A little more information. The sequel follows six strangers, so they up the ante, um, who find themselves trapped by the threat of an oncoming hurricane in a beachside resort with Jesus, who attempts to spiritually redeem all of them. Uh, Pure Flix uploaded a trailer for a series based on The Encounter, 
which had an eight episode premiere uh, in 2016. Oh my gosh. And I think I tr- I looked at the encounter too. I think it ends with like this long drawn out fight sequence between David A.R. White and some other guy. Oh, I want to see <laughs> that. Wow. Like, oh, should that be the one we watched? But then I don't know. No. I think the first one kind of sums it all up. Oh but yeah, that's the actual movie. That sounds terrible. It sounds very predictable based on like a basic premise of Jesus in a diner and people. <laughs> yeah. Officer DeVille leading people down the wrong road. The wrong physical road. With a literal goatee, right? Yeah, he has, yeah. He has a little goatee. It holds <laughs> like, up the devil sign. Oh my god! Because what else would he look like? Um, the devil's got a goatee, guys. Oh, I forgot to mention like all of their drama because I missed a paragraph. So I'll just talk about that briefly. Back in the diner, Jesus serves the five patrons and gives them unsolicited life advice. He helps Hank and Catherine reestablish dialogue as a couple, which is good. That's helpful. He also helps Melissa think of the long-term difficulties she will face in a relationship and potential marriage with her boyfriend who's a non-believer. Which, like, you can make it work. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of a rough situation. He goes on this long tangent Yikes. about what will happen. But, like, relationships can be flexible. Uh, and then finally, he helps Kayla find the strength in her heart to forgive her alcoholic and abusive stepfather. No. That was, it's a quick turnaround no. on that one. <laughs> which should not. No. Yikes. Don't. Yikes. Like, no. The movie's, like, 80 no. minutes long, so it's, like, if she she, still, she's if she, running away from home because... So she still lives with them. Like, it gets really dark. And, no, she she goes back and reports it to the police. Oh, good. Okay. 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 But, like, okay. not Officer DeVille. Like, to forgive him just like that is... That's right. a strong turnaround. Yeah. Okay, no, that makes sense. I thought it was just, like... The Jesus character was saying, "Forgive your stepfather. Forgive your stepfather. Now go back He's home. Fine. Yeah, just go D- home. and just deal with it." No, she goes with CPS. Okay, and, okay, okay, good. All right, he gets sent to jail, off screen. I would have liked to see that movie. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus guy, told me to like, turn you in. Pure redemption from. Um, but yeah, so that's the encounter from 2011. Nice. Woo. Yeah. Woo. Um. Being said, how did it match up to your expectations of what it actually was? was about what I expected. Yeah. 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 Um, I, I liked our pitches better. I agree. <laughs> I would have much rather watched an anth- like a Magnolia level anthology movie or the prequel to Twin Peaks. Um, or a nuclear explosion that turns into the Tom Cruise yeah. movie. Turns into, <laughs> turns into a big action drama. Um, I'm just hearing ideas for future movies down the line. <laughs> pitches. Yeah, a few people we'd like to thank if we're ready for the outro. A few people yeah. we'd like to thank, yeah. of, of course, course, Aaron. Aaron Brewer. Aaron, mm-hmm. thank oh my you gosh. For your lovely introduction. You wonderful boy. All of our episodes. Um, I want to say a quick thank you just to our friend Davis, who was in town this yes. week. It was great yes. to see him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he kind of put us all in the right mood for the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. joking about... Many different memes and references that <laughs> yeah. got us in the mood to write. What a to, cool guy. Um, um, and I'll set up the movie for next week, if that's cool. Yep. Yeah. Luke will be our host for next week. Yay. Um, yeah. So we're going to be watching Ricky Tiki Tavi, which is a 30-minute movie from 1975. It's only 30 minutes? It's only it's 25 minutes long. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Okay. And we're about to watch the last five minutes now. So, like, okay. <laughs> so like that's like the you, last two sequences of the movie. <laughs> yeah, no, it actually is, and you'll see here in a second. Oh it's, no! This oh is, boy! This is actually great. I need to expand my horizon a little bit because this is also like a family movie. No, I like and my it. last one was no, a family yeah, movie, good. and this one was a Christian movie. I don't know. Sure, what but you grew up on? What's it available on? It is free to watch on Tubi. Nice. Yep. 
So if if you guys haven't noticed, you guys should probably get Tubi at this point. <laughs> a lot of our movies yeah, are just available on Tubi. They're all just free Avon platform. Tubi or not Tubi? It is indeed. Yep. Sweet. I'd like to take a moment to plug the Instagram. Follow us on Nuclear Popcorn um, if you so see fit. That's on. That's on Instagram. That's on Spotify. Spotify. YouTube. Apple Music. Apple Music. Wherever you're listening. To yeah. Right yeah Thanks for sticking with us. We know this was a long one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We rambled yeah. for a little bit, but. But you yeah. know what? But lots of yeah. ideas. That's a good one. Thank you guys so much for listening to Nuclear. Yeah, Popcorn. Thank you guys. We appreciate it. I've been your host for the episode, Ben. I'm Luke. I'm August. And I'm Hannah. And we are Nuclear Popcorn. Thank you. Bye-bye. We'll see you next time. Thank you.